resilience. We've all heard the term. From a child development and parenting perspective, what does that mean? And how do parents know if their child is resilient or not? And in extremely challenging circumstances, like the current COVID-19 pandemic, how can parents promote resiliency in their families? Thanks for joining us today for the Encompass Parent Talks podcast. I'm Sam Sinanan, Parent and Family Engagement Coordinator. We'll talk with two experts from Encompass, a nonprofit that partners with families to build healthy foundations for children. First, let's hear how two mothers foster resiliency in their families. Michelle has three young boys, ages 7, 11, and 13, and Katie has a six-year-old daughter and two sons, a five-year-old and a 16-month-old. We've just been really transparent with them without trying to be scary this whole time. So we will show the graphs of the COVID cases to them and, you know, little, mine are little and my five-year-old and six-year-old can look at the graph and say, yeah, we probably shouldn't, you know, we probably shouldn't do that right now. We've um, kept our bubble to grandparents and occasionally siblings based on the checklist of things. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, same. seeing the family that they have been able to see has been a huge, huge blessing, and we're so thankful, but it certainly has been hard because they're used to seeing their extended family really frequently and not just at holidays. Right, yeah, and um, I think that's important what you said about being truthful with them, and you know, we tried to be honest as well and i think that really helps kids i think kids are very good at picking up on if you're not sharing everything or you know or if they're getting brushed off and just telling kids to deal with it you know obviously that would not be the right approach but obviously sharing at age appropriate levels so i like your graph idea you know even the young ones showing them like a visual they can see the line going up my kids are a little older but i'm not sure i would have thought about that but even a three, four, five-year-old, you know, could probably really grasp and understand, help them understand what's going on by that approach. And I think it's also important, like we've let my older ones watch some news, but I think it has been important to limit some of it, you know, even for adults, <laughs> when you're faced with scary or scary things and challenges, let's get, you, you don't want to focus on it singularly. So, you know, sharing some, but not everything and not making the world all about it. And so I think it's helped to make sure conversations of being mindful. There's days where I definitely catch my husband and I talking about it all the time. And I can see that effect on the kids. So sharing just the right amount of information, but also keeping a positive and hopeful atmosphere and setting the tone makes a difference. I think with how my kids have been handling it. Yeah, I totally agree. Even with my little, they certainly pick up on it. And if we're having a day where we're talking about it more, I think what's been so amazing for me, just observing how resilient kids are is like, they sort of accept it. If you give them the information, they accept it. And it doesn't mean it's not hard. You know, they miss their family for sure, but they just accept that this is the way it is right now. And so I almost feel like when my husband and I are starting to have those conversations, like, well, what if we did this and what if they did that? And then what if we all did this and we're trying to do all of that? Then you can almost see that becomes a little bit stressful. So and maybe not stressful is the right word, but you can see. Like if we're talking about it with such uncertainty or kind of like we don't know what's going on, then that makes them not feel safe. And so also creating like a safer environment, you know, where, yeah, you're sharing some stuff and because that's life, right? <laughs> it's like. Yeah. You know, yeah. challenges 
um, whether you know it's a, a specific challenge to them or something going on in the world that they need to understand that that is gonna, this is going to happen again. It may not look like this, but you have to be able to learn how to get through it. But you know, but when they see the parents really struggling, obviously that is really going to affect. Yeah. One thing we've been trying to do is when we are starting, like when we catch ourselves doing that with the kind of uncertainty and maybe we can do this, I'll say, you know, I'll just acknowledge how I feel. You know, I feel sad that we're going to miss out on seeing our family this Thanksgiving and probably this Christmas. Like, that's really hard. And I'm so thankful that we get to spend it all together and we're coming up with new traditions too. And it almost gives them back that certainty, like you're talking about. Like they can relate to, yeah, it is sad, but we can do hard things. Like we can do this and we can still find joy in what we're doing. And that's, I think, really important to our family is to say, even though this is hard, we can still find joy every single day in being together and making these new fun traditions for ourselves. Yeah. For us, it's been all about attitude. Like you're saying, like that thankful I just think having a thankful attitude that they see that in me and teaching them is one of the best ways to get through most challenges in life and especially now. I also say we have really used this time to be very intentional about developing the idea of a growth mindset. So this is hard and every day we're going to make mistakes and one of us may be upset every day <laughs> and how, you know, one person may be having a hard day, but We've used a lot of tools from Big Life Journal, which I love. They do freebie Fridays that you can sign up for, for all different ages. And we've been reading biographies about people that have done hard things and overcome different obstacles. And so we've really tried to come at it from that lens too. And I think young kids really relate to that. Like they can really, their imaginations are so big. They can really envision these challenges that others are facing. We're now talking with Megan Walsh and Samantha Dean from Encompass. Megan is a licensed independent clinical social worker and the manager of the Encompass Behavioral Health Program. Samantha is a former elementary educator and currently an intern with the Behavioral Health Program. She's just a few months away from completing her Master of Social Work degree. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us, Sam. It's great to be here. So a lot of parents have heard the phrase, kids are so resilient. Can you talk more about what resiliency is and why it's important? Resiliency is one of those words that we're hearing everywhere right now. Um, and many times people don't really have a good understanding of what it actually means. But resiliency is about our nervous system and our brain and their ability to recover or adapt during times of difficulty or challenges. Um, we are definitely in one of those cha challenging times right now. So I think it's a really important thing that we're talking about that today. So one of the things that I think is important for people to understand about resiliency is that it's temperament based. So it starts out, you know, sometimes people are just super easygoing. Sometimes change isn't quite so scary to people. And those kind of people have a, kind of a leg up on the rest of us with resiliency. I know I'm definitely not one of those people and I don't parent any of those people. Um, so there are some temperament-based factors, but temperament isn't the only piece. Resiliency is a set of skills that we can teach and that we can mentor as parents. 
So we want to think about how we can help our kids grow up and grow through experiences, things that are challenging, things that are exciting. We want to help them to learn to adapt and to not see every barrier and every challenge as a stopping point, but see it as something where they can get curious, where they can build their problem solving skills. Um, we want them to really have the experience of developing these types of resiliency skills because people that do have resiliency are more likely to have a positive outlook in life. They're more likely to be empathetic. They focus on what they can change in their circle of control and they're better able to resist peer pressure. So those are all really, really important life strategies. So resiliency is something that we definitely want to focus on. And we're in an interesting time because right now the whole world needs to focus on resiliency. So we're happy to be here today and talking about this. So how do parents know if their child is resilient or not? Yeah, so Megan touched a little bit on this at the end of the last question, but as a professional, the main indicator we look for is if kids are connected and have healthy relationships. So this looks like um, a good relationship with mom or dad or a guardian in the home. Are they able to get along with their brothers and sisters? And do they have friends at school or other social circles? Additionally, we look for um, if kids are self-aware, do they show age-appropriate self-control? And the last thing we kind of look at is if a kiddo is able to accept no or a failure. So kids who are resilient are able to understand that sometimes the answer is no and that's not the end of the world. And similarly with failure, resilient kiddos are able to learn from their failures and mistakes and move on in appropriate ways. So considering the current COVID-19 pandemic, most families are going to experience unprecedented challenges like working from home, helping kids with remote schooling, basically not doing the things we'd normally be doing. So what tips do you have for parents to help develop and support resiliency in their kids and in themselves during difficult times like this? So we want to really strike a balance between allowing kids the freedom to explore new things and new environments, which is a little bit challenging right now. We're not seeing a lot of new environments, but we have some time to explore some new interests and that can help. But we want to give them the support they need emotionally and physically to feel comfortable exploring, but we don't wanna jump in and rescue. We absolutely wanna avoid that because we don't wanna get in the way of the natural consequences that help kids learn what happens with different choices. So what that means is that we maintain what therapists call an unconditional positive regard for them when they succeed or fail. So it means we look at their mistakes as opportunities to learn instead of the end of the road. A parent can mentor resiliency by helping a child acknowledge the choices that they made in a certain situation, explore what contributed to that outcome, and then name the feelings that that experience evoked in them, both in the parent and in the child, without trying to change the feelings. Often as parents, we get stuck in, I want them to be happy. I don't want them to be sad. This is so hard. I wanna make sure everything's okay. But really, we just need to be there and be with them in their hard experiences. 
So making sure that we're careful not to heap disappointment or shame on them when they make mistakes. I think often people are at a, such a heightened stress level, especially right now during this pandemic, that we are often overreacting to things and things feel like the end of the world. And we're kind of pathologizing things that maybe aren't really that big of a deal. So one of the things that I've been working on and helping the families that I see work on is really looking at, is this specific situation gonna matter in five years? So if my kiddo is watching a little bit too much TV right now, is that really gonna matter in five years? If they don't like to turn their screen on during their Zoom classes, is that really gonna matter in five years? And sometimes it might, but oftentimes it's not. And we're having a much bigger reaction and, and really inviting conflict into our lives when we don't need to. So it's about supporting our kids and supporting ourselves while we are okay making some mistakes. So some interesting research that we found when we were looking at resiliency is by Dr. Ken Ginsberg, and he is a pediatrician that created a model called the seven C's of resilience. And I really like this because it sets out kind of a framework for us and breaks it down into manageable chunks. So the first three C's are confidence, confidence, and connection. So to develop competence, we want families to realize that it's important to focus on things that kids do well. So we want to avoid comparison to other kids within the family or within our community and focus on our individual kiddos and what they succeed at. And then we wanna to try to give them lots and lots of opportunities to succeed and feel successful. Then we wanna look at building confidence. When we're trying to build confidence, we wanna use specific praise focused on their efforts, not on the outcome. So an example of that might be, you've been working so hard on your assignments. That just shows me how much it matters to you. So we're praising the effort that they're putting in instead of the outcome because we sometimes just don't control the outcome. So we wanna give them the chance to do age appropriate chores so they can experience feeling accomplished and productive. And then the third C is connection. And that one is probably the most important. And personally, as a connection-based therapist, my favorite. In fact, one of the screening tools that we use to rate a kiddo's resilience has 14 questions and 12 of them are related to relationships. So that really tells us that the quality of our connection with others is a very important factor in resiliency. And I know it can be a challenge with our busy schedules, but when parents are able to devote even five minutes a day to that one-on-one, -on -one, playful, enjoyable interaction with their kids, we see an increase in that child's resilience. And then the last four things in Dr. Ginsburg's method are character, contribution, coping, and control. And with character, we want to help kids learn the morals and the values of their family and also give them the freedom to develop their own beliefs and values. So exploring the impact of our words and our actions on others and giving that child time to reflect on what they could do differently and letting them see us reflecting on what we could do differently can really help to build those skills. Along those same lines, getting kids involved in contributing to the betterment of their community helps them feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves 
it can also bolster connection while helping them to stretch their comfort zone. So we want to look for opportunities to do that, to build that character. And then we spend a lot of time in our therapy sessions with families focused on the last two elements of the model, coping and control. It's really important to learn and practice coping strategies, but we have to do it during times when they aren't needed. And this is the, the sticking point for a lot of families. It's what we really struggle with. We need to build that memory of doing those activities so that when we're having a hard time, when our kids are having a hard time, they just come naturally to us. So setting aside the time to practice some meditation, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's breathing exercises or physical activity of some sort. Get to know what helps you cope, practice that, let your kiddo see you practicing that, and then encourage them to figure out what works for them individually. And you're gonna see a change in their resiliency when they have better access to their coping skills because they're practicing it in calm times. And then that last item, control, that's, that's difficult for a lot of us, honestly. It's probably the most challenging for me as a person, as a mom, and as a therapist. As much as we want to control the world, that's not how things work. We don't have a magic wand that makes everybody do what we know would make everything better. So, um, you know, really helping kids identify what's in their sphere of influence or their control bubble, I call it sometimes with kids, and helping them set appropriate boundaries around that can really be life-changing, both for adults and for kids. Um, many kids respond really well to role plays or just talking through how they could manage their reaction to things they can't control. And sometimes even prescribing something they can't control, like saying to a kiddo, you know, we are going to get out of the car and we're going to go into the store and there might be a line to get into the store. And we might feel a little bit frustrated about that. How can we respond? What do you think we should do? And offering the child the chance to say, you know, we practiced breathing yesterday. Let's take three deep breaths before we get out of the car. And then we can stomp our way to the front of the store. So you're letting the child have some control about having the emotion. It's okay to have any emotion. And we want them to know that. So you're giving them that control of knowing they're having the emotion and you share their emotion. You're expelling the energy that comes with the emotion through taking deep breaths, through stomping up to the front of the store. And then you're going to be together in that moment. And no, maybe you're a little bit frustrated and so is your kiddo, but you're sharing that together and you're dealing with their control issues in a positive way. You know, I think it's important for us to look at all of those C's. I know it's a lot of letters, a lot of C's, um, and it might feel overwhelming, but we also have created a tip sheet that um, we can make available on our website that has information on all of those as well. So that can be helpful. I know for me, I have recently started keeping the tip sheet on resilience on a bulletin board in my office at home. And I, every day I try to pick kick kind of one of those that I can focus on. And I think that can be helpful. 
Megan, that's a lot of really good information. I think something that we need to keep in mind right now is that under normal circumstances, kids practice their coping and control skills at school all day long in low stress and safe situations. And right now our kids are not in school in person and so they're missing a lot of those opportunities. That means that parents at home might see some more behaviors and also need to provide some low stress and safe situations for kiddos to be practicing those skills. So adding to these already challenging situations with the pandemic, we're in the midst of the holiday season, which is likely to be different for lots of families. My family, in fact, we just found out that a family member has tested positive for COVID and all of a sudden now our big moments and events for this upcoming week um, are have to be canceled. So do you have anything more to add about how we as parents can model and encourage resiliency? This is a good question that I imagine lots of people are asking right now. So the first thing that we wanna do is recognize that this season is just gonna be different. We're living in a different world right now and we just have to recognize that and have that age appropriate conversation with your kids that the world is different right now and that's okay. We also want to make sure that we're making space for kids to be disappointed and be sad and we can model that for them as adults. It is a disappointing season right now. It's sad that we can't be with family members and we don't wanna dismiss those feelings. We wanna make space for that. At the same time, we wanna balance that it's not going to last forever, that someday we'll return to some sort of normalcy. And our kids need to hear this piece as well. So finding that balance between working through our emotions while also understanding that it will end someday. And the last thing, the coolest thing I think about this is that we have a really unique opportunity in this season to create new traditions. I encourage families to sit down and have a conversation about what can we do this season that we haven't been able to do in the past because we've had old traditions. What are ways that we can still celebrate together in a new and different way? And that doesn't mean that you can't go back to your old traditions in the future. These can just be for this season or next season. Um, but we have a, an opportunity to create some positive new traditions in this season. Yeah, that's really nice to hear that. I, I think many of us might even incorporate some of these new traditions and keep them and incorporate them along with our old traditions. So I think you're right. This really does give us some opportunities in general just for some personal and family growth. So thank you both so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you again. That wraps up our conversations about helping our children learn skills to help them manage the disappointments and challenges that life brings to all of us. We heard how two mothers are handling the extra challenges brought on by the current COVID-19 health crisis. And we got very valuable information from Encompass Behavioral Health Experts on fostering resiliency in our families. For additional resources and to subscribe to the Encompass Parent Talks podcast, please visit our website www.encompassnw.org. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear about or would like to participate in an episode, send us an email to info at encompassnw.org. Thanks for joining us and have a safe and healthy holiday season.